question mark and Emily's for me exclamation mark it was a bad episode I think it was like fine it was it was definitely not as good as like the other episode like I think the alcohol episode was good sexy was good so to follow that up with like original song which they've been building up to I feel let down so in Original song, the New Directions want to get an edge at regionals and decide to use original songs. Blaine wants to try a new strategy during regionals. For once, that <laughs> is actually what happens in the episode. Uh, okay, so this is how the episode starts off, right? It starts <laughs> off with the warblers. Blaine, once again, does a great little solo. And uh-huh. the entire time watching it, I was like, why does Kurt keep making these faces? Why is he so upset? And Doesn't then at make the any very, sense. Yeah, but at the very end, Blaine is like, oh, hey, regionals, you just met our opening number. To which Kurt responds, been there, done that. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, where did this conflict come from? No um, buildup? I don't know. But I thought it was like, oh, maybe this is driven by some of his frustrations at Blaine? He does mention that. He's like oh, it feels like we're just Blaine and the Pips. Like, we're just your backup squad. And Which, Blaine's like, true. you jealous? Do I detect some jealousy? And then, like, later in the episode, too, Blaine starts being like, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't be getting all these solos. Oh, my God. And everyone's like, what? But, Blaine, you must do all the solos. And I'm like, okay, one, <laughs> that makes no sense and would never happen. But, two... I guess the general sentiment is like, well, Blaine just does all our solos. So then like, why now? Suddenly, Kurt is like, well, this has gone too far. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. And like, I thought it would be because like, I don't know, they had some like, he was like, Blaine, I like you. And Blaine was like, no, or I don't know, something weird. So I thought maybe that's what propelled Kurt to start kind of like standing up against Blaine. But that wasn't really mentioned at all. So then it just felt like so random. Yeah, because when they first have Kurt join Warblers, there is a little bit of that where he's like, oh, what? I have to try out for a solo. Oh, what? Blaine gets all the solos. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of stops after that initial episode because then they start talking about like, oh, Kurt and Blaine, like Kurt has a crush on Blaine, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, So I honestly forgot that that was like a thing. And I guess now the writers were like, oh, time to bring it back. But because the last however many episodes have been more about like Kurt and Blaine as a couple, it kind of was like, oh, forgot. Um, That's another thing. I feel like they also brought up the couple thing because this is the episode where Kurt and Blaine like, oh, kiss. 
we'll get to it we'll get to it, <laughs> we'll get to it later but i just wanted to say that having both of those things kind of like i don't know like come to fruition you know like kurt finally gets the solo kurt finally gets with blaine it's like does this feel earned i don't think so yeah it feels gross okay Let's just talk about the warblers now since we, we like okay. So three episodes ago, basically what happens is that Kurt tells Blaine, like, hey, I thought that you were into me, but it turns out you were just being friendly and I like you. And then Blaine is kind of taken aback, but he says, you know, I don't want to ruin what's between us. Like give me time to think about it. And then the next two episodes after that are just kind of like they don't really talk about it like at all like not even a mention not a peep and then suddenly Pavarotti dies so Kurt's like I'm gonna come in and sing Blackbird during (laughs) during Blackbird by the way Kurt brings his own track to put put in so he doesn't need the warblers backing him up but for some reason they all just start <laughs> adding in harmonies it starts with blaine he's like bum, bum. i'm like well, is this the time yeah like, and kurt kurt was in full like kurt was fully taking care of Pavarotti. so in this moment he's like wow damn it hit me pretty hard so i want to sing a tribute to him brought his mm-hmm. own track to this acapella group and is like here's my track i don't know Maybe they could read the room a little bit, but it's fine. They all want to honor Pavarotti. He was an icon. Okay. Yeah, but it's so wild because while Kurt is singing this, he's, it's basically him grieving. He's like, I miss Pavarotti. Blaine just looks at him like, my God, Kurt. And then (laughs) after the song, Blaine sits down and he's like, no, it's like, it's definitely like three scenes later. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The the speech is so bad. He's like, so oh, like, bad. Like there you are. Like I've been looking for you. Like where have you been? And then, and then <laughs> he just he just lays what he they just it's, kiss. And I'm like, what? No, not like this, please, not like this, dude. This is like officially now blaine has passed the threshold of like okay it's time to hate blaine now yeah like or, i okay. already see the Maybe. shadows of season four blaine like rearing their ugly heads <laughs> i i don't i'm not gonna say that this is the point where he starts turning cringy but it, this scene was a little cringe pretty much everything he did in this episode was kind of cringe I totally forgot that this is the episode where Kurt and Blaine get together. So when he sits down and Kurt is bedazzling Pavarotti's casket and Blaine is like, here, just like stop doing that for a second so we can talk. I was like, excuse you, Blaine. But then I remembered, oh yeah, like four scenes ago, he was basically like checking him out while he was singing blackbird and grieving it's really interesting to hear you talk about it because i made me realize that maybe our perceptions of the scenes are a little different because kurt's singing blackbird and i was like well this is a nice song it sounded pretty good i didn't really know why i was blackbird they couldn't find another like i don't know maybe more metaphorical song song. yeah maybe about (laughs) a bird that's not a blackbird but anyway i was like this is nice but to me blaine's expression was so unreadable i was like 
why does he look like that? It was the exact same feeling I had when Kurt was making faces while Blaine was singing. What? When was... Oh, at the, at the beginning, beginning of the episode. Like, Blaine and the Warblers are bopping around doing some weird production in the middle of the hallway? I don't know. And Kurt kind of looks Because the Warblers weird. are rock stars. <sighs> There's just no way. If I went to that school, I would be like, <laughs> these guys fucking... They think they're so awesome, but please, please, sirs. Anyway. Be like, oh, what? This corridor's blocked again? Now I have to take the long way to get yeah. to class. Anyway, when the Warblers are singing their, be- their song in the beginning, Kurt's expression, super unreadable, very unexplained. And then what it turns out to be is, like, so random. Same thing, Kurt's singing, Blaine's expression to me, so unexplained. And then when he reveals three scenes later that he's like, for me, that moment was when you were singing Blackbird following the death of Pomerati. I was like, no, that's shocking. Please, no. That's just like insulting to Kurt. It's insulting to Pomerati. That too. (laughs) It's like, I can imagine the writers in their little writing room being like oh thank god we planted this seed seven episodes ago time to bring her back no watering the plant no caring for the soil or anything no no so maybe maybe the um the writers were like oh frick this is regionals and we've spent so much time building up the stupid original song subplot for the New Directions that we haven't talked about the Warblers set list. And they're like, well, we do need Kurt and Blaine to have a, uh, a duet. But how can we do that since we've already established that Blaine gets all the solos? Time to write that away. And I'm like, stupid idiots. Okay. I can imagine them also being like, well, if we're just meta. It'll be like, haha, we can laugh at ourselves. Like, let's write in, like, oh my god, why does Blaine get all the solos? Stupid. They don't have to get meta. And, you know, like, I like Kurt and Blaine as a couple as much as the next person. But I really feel like this development, this confession, was a little bit rushed. I think it would have been nice for Blaine and Kurt to be like, or, okay, no, 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 backtrack. I think it would be nice if Blaine was like oh you know what i've been getting all the solos but like let's let you i just really want to do this duet with kurt and it would make sense since kurt and blaine also did the duet in the sexy episode where they sang that song for all the schoolgirls. <laughs> remember that yep yeah so it would make sense for blaine to be like hey like why don't we why don't we do another one of those you know and then while they're practicing blaine's like oh what what is this feeling oh my god, but he doesn't say anything. And in the last minute when they lose, he kind of just looks at Kurt and Kurt's like disappointed. And then like Blaine's like, oh my god, like this experience has taught me something. And then the next episode, they dive into it. Yep. It's the sprinkling of the seeds. And then they don't even have to desecrate Pavarotti's death. <laughs> exactly. I'm worried Kurt about can sing Blackbird. And Blaine will be like, you know what, Kurt? Thank you for taking care of Pavarotti. Like, Let's give you a duet. Yes. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. It makes but enough instead, sense. We get this. Unbelievable. Every Warbler scene. I kind of already mentioned this, but the scene where everyone's like, no, Blaine, you must sing the solos. What is this? Someone's like, it's a kangaroo court or something. Whatever. Um, then he's like, well, 
I want to sing a duet. And I want it to be Kurt. I'm like, okay, you're so stupid. Like, you already have too much power in this organization. Like, can you not understand that you being like, I don't want a solo, but I'm just going to select my duet partner? It's basically the same thing. It's like, ugh. First of all, he put himself in the duet. What does it even mean? I just don't even know. <laughs> and then the reason he puts Kurt in is because he's about to get together with him. He has ulterior motives. He's like, I'm going to orchestrate this. Ha ha ha. That's so stupid. Kurt, being the awesome guy that he is, is like, oh, first of all, he's a little flustered. He's like, oh, wait, what? No, but what about democracy? <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly the comment that needed to be added right now, to be honest. And then he's like, okay, let's take a vote all in favor of Kurt. And everyone raises their hands. I'm like, what happened to the other two guys who auditioned before? They don't want to do it. There was, there was like one extra in the back and I saw him kind of like lag when he <laughs> raised his hand. And I was like, that would have been me. I would have not raised my hand, see everyone else raise their hand and be like, oh shit. Okay. I'll also raise my hand. So funny. That extra should get a raise. <laughs> yes. Oh, just uh, unbelievable. It's also kind of shocking to me that not only was Blaine like, I'm going to pick Kurt. Like he's like, no auditions. I want Kurt to be my duet partner. And then he's like, we're going to sing Candles. I was like, oh, so Kurt doesn't even have a say in this. He's just going to sit along for the ride. Yep. But then Kurt's like pretty happy about that song choice. And I'm like, this too is like really fucking weird. Because Kurt is like, wow, you chose that song? Like usually you're so top 40. And he's like a little delighted, a little impressed. I'm like what vibe is this? Like, what is the motivating factor behind all of Blaine's decisions? And all of them are, like, terrible motivations. I think he he even, like, tells Kurt, he's like, oh, I only selected you because, like, it means we'll get to spend time together. It's like an excuse to spend time with you when we do, like, our duet practice. And Kurt's like, oh... Kiss. Oh my god, that kiss came out of nowhere. So I was not expecting gross. it. The motivations behind it were so gross. They could be so cute. When Blaine leaned in to kiss Kurt, I literally had to hold my breath. I was like, oh my god. I was shocked. I gasped aloud. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. And then also like they hang out all the time. Like they would have been fine. Yeah, they all <laughs> Oh my god, they're stupid. And then, uh, oh my god, okay. We can save all the regional numbers for later. We should start talking about what the new directions are getting up to because there's also some tomfoolery going on. Okay, final point. Um, Kurt showing up in all black and like (laughs) singing that funeral number. So funny. Very in character, very extra. So funny. Plus one. <laughs> um, I think I really liked Kurt's funeral outfit. Here's a great segue into talking about New Directions. All the girls this episode, what were they wearing? Dude, so true. Who styled Diana Agron? First of all, <laughs> first of all, okay, so the, like, the whole New Directions thing started off with Rachel sharing this stupid song about her being an only child to Finn. And Quinn is just watching from the doorway 
wearing like a weird ass fedora <laughs> and like a knee length dress and carrying a handbag i was like oh what is she a 30 year old woman like why is she dressed like that no she looks like the quirky like 55 year old aunt who goes thrift shopping sometimes yeah it was so weird and it's not even just that scene like in the scene where santana sings trouty mouth she's dressed so weird she's wearing like bell bottoms and like a cropped blazer chunky necklaces and like like what is it a halter top i think who diana santana oh no i'm talking about santana oh yeah she's wearing like a bustier but i feel like that was her just like trying to be hot because she's trying to get on sam's nerves and britney's nerves I think we are thinking too much into the wardrobe choices. There is no way that someone's like, yes, subliminal messages. No, I think that the the top definitely. I don't know about the rest of it. But she like takes off her jacket and it's like uh, no sleeve top, you know? It's like, yeah, could be just like a piece of lingerie, you know? And she's like in a very spiky mood recently, like especially toward Britney. And she's like singing a mean song about Sam and then like looking at Britney being like, I'm hot and I'm singing a heterosexual song for my boyfriend, Sam. So like, which that was a weird scene. Yeah. Santana's going through it right now. Oh my God. And don't even get me started on like the regionals outfits. I know that later in season three, they're like, oh, actually Tina makes all the outfits. That is an insult to Tina Cohen Chang. <laughs> like they're wearing don't these pin weird that on Tina. ass. <laughs> they're wearing these like really gross looking blue dresses with like weird chunky like uh fake rhinestones attached to the neckline mm-hmm. and then knee-length black leggings they're always Who wearing the dress and leggings so weird is that show choir uniform i need to do my research and they were also all wearing really like intense shoes yeah it was like combat boots. yeah i was like what yeah I also oh, thought Quinn's angry. hair this whole episode was wild. It was very, like, yeah. there's poofed. There's this one scene where she's, okay, also Quinn this episode. So weird. So weird. I guess now is the time for her to start being obsessed with being prom queen. So she goes to Finn's locker and she's like, what do you want to wear to prom? <laughs> And her wardrobe in that scene, she's wearing like a weird infinity scarf with like a purple cardigan and again, a knee length dress and her hair looks wild. Like, yeah, it's so weird. This is also the episode that marks the threshold of it's time to hate Quinn. Yeah. She starts being wild. And you know what? Like if she suddenly starts acting out or like bullying or whatever it is. I can believe that. It's Quinn. But the way she does it, or the motivations that she names in her dialogues, I'm like, writers, do you know your character? <laughs> Who is this girl that I see on screen? Because it's not Quinn Fabray. It's I... like, so bad the way that she talks. <laughs> yeah, dude, like every single piece of dialogue she has in this episode makes absolutely no sense the epitome of which is that stupid conversation in the auditorium with rachel which like i guess the way they get there is she's like well if i want to be prom queen i have to be nice to everyone including and i guess especially rachel even though i hate her because we're like kind of fighting over finn 
So then, like, Rachel, who's been trying to bring up original songs for weeks in New Directions, is like, let's do original songs. And everyone's like, no. And then Quinn's like, no, I think Rachel's right. And then everyone's like, yay. Even Mr. Shu, he's like, uh, all right, everyone, let's do it. We can talk about their songwriting sessions later. I'm still going off about Quinn. So then whatever. I guess like Rachel and Quinn, Quinn's like, oh, we're friends. I'm going to be nice to you now. Let They decide to write a song together. So I guess they have this first meeting or something in the auditorium to work on their song. And they just mm-hmm. have the most unhinged conversation I have ever seen appear on television ever. Like it doesn't make any sense. Are they in a fight? When we were watching, yeah, like when we were watching it, we finished the scene, paused it, and had to be like, "What? (laughs) What was that?" It's just like again, maybe these seeds were planted like seven episodes ago, but no watering, no soil, no fertilizer. Just now we're here again, and what are we looking at? Quinn starts talking about like. Rachel, you don't belong here. How many times are we going to have to do this? Like, don't repeat history. I'm going to be a real estate agent and Finn's going to take over Kurt's dad's shop. And then, what? That doesn't make any sense. I don't really get it. Well, 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 well. First, we have to go back, 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 back. Because the way that this scene kind of kicks off is like, Rachel overhears Quinn and Finn talking and she basically figures out that they're together. And then so how much of this episode is some combination of Finn, Quinn and Rachel where two of them are talking and one of them is like watching? <laughs> no, dead ass. Like that's literally the entire episode. Um, but it's so stupid. Like Rachel goes up to her and she's like, we're friends, right? In my head, I said, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not friends. And Rachel's like, be honest with me. Like, are you and Finn together? And then I think this is when Quinn's like, bro like you're so fucking annoying let me lay it out for you like truly it does not concern her at this point how many times do people have to tell her it's none of her business yeah and then it's weird because like the way that they talk right when quinn is laying out this like like okay hypothetically this is what's gonna happen in the future basically finn and i are gonna be together we're gonna start a family and you have no place in this picture right like oh you don't belong here but the way that she ends that statement she's like i'm helping you like sending you on your way yeah and so that's what confuses me that's what makes me go what is this conversation about dude i didn't even think of that like what they really meant to write was this is the picture and you have no place in it that makes so much sense (laughs) but i think they had to write it in like this stupid way because they're like well rachel's the main character and her haters are her motivators so it's like if she's like you don't belong here i'm sending you on your way then she's like i don't belong here but then she's like oh my god i don't belong here i belong on broadway yeah Yeah. and i i feel like everyone in the show is kind of like dude rachel like it's so obvious that I feel like we've had this conversation before. Like, most people who go to William McKinley, like, they don't have those big dreams of going to Broadway. Mm. I think it's only, like, Kurt and Rachel, right? Mm. Everyone else is like, I just want to, like, go to college, you know, get a job, not live in my hometown. And then so 
uh i almost said diana quinn is just putting this in perspective for rachel but i feel like the way that they wrote it just makes quinn sound batshit crazy it literally does not make sense she's like i'm gonna be a real estate a real estate agent and i was like that's what quinn wants to do with her life and then Rachel's response is also, I remember it also made me go, what? But no matter how hard I try, I can't even remember what she said. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know what I just remember? Hmm. Like, so when Quinn is kind of being spiky and like basically getting her jab. Oh, oh, I just remembered. Rachel tries to like defend herself and she's like, but Finn chose me over you, Quinn. And we both were like, that makes no sense. It just didn't happen. That's just yeah, And if anything, like you were telling me, wouldn't you say that in this moment, Finn has chosen Quinn over Rachel? I know, it's like, first of all, that logic doesn't hold. But if it did hold, then right now, the reverse just happened. So you guys are 1v1 right now. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking that she was like, that Rachel was like, Quinn, why are you being so mean? And I thought it would be another classic Quinn and Rachel moment where it's like, Obviously, the writers want me to feel for Rachel, but really, I'm just kind of like, I respect Quinn. And so I was waiting for Quinn to like say something awesome, you know, and I'd be like, yep, she knows herself, you know, but she just said something really weird and then like went back to the piano and then was like, like, let's just write our song or something. I don't even remember what she said. Maybe that was when she said the real estate agent thing. Oh, no, no, no. I totally remember. Okay, so I don't remember it word for word, but basically what she says to Rachel is something along the lines of like, oh, you're so frustrating. Like, we're not living in your schoolgirl fantasy. Like, you're just like so... You need to get it... Like, when are you going to get it right? Oh, yeah. And Rachel is like, get it right? Hmm. And then Quinn's like, okay, let's get back to songwriting. And Rachel's like, actually, I'm going to write by myself. And makes this ugly cry face, goes to her room. And they start showing her, like, writing. So funny. It says, what? Do? And then do is violently crossed out. (laughs) She's like, can. Wait, can I do? like, what do? And she's, like, crying. And you see the title of the song is Get It Right. Uh, which like I'm definitely getting ahead of myself we can come back to this but that's the lead-in it's like this big meaningful thing to her she's tried writing about other things before and Finn in a terrible terrible response slash piece of feedback was like well you're only writing about the easy pain if you want your song to be good you have to write about the real pain first of all I don't think that's true and it's terribly vague feedback what is she supposed to do with that but then, like, I guess now this is her real pain, right? And then before she goes to perform it, she's like, Finn, listen, because I mean every word. So, like, you know, we listened <laughs> pretty hard while she was singing. I don't really understand, like, why she needed Finn she's to listen stupid. carefully. <laughs> yeah, she's stupid. Um, we'll talk about that later yeah. because that kind of goes into the regionals. The, yeah. So what I wanted to talk about, since it's kind of related, is the assignment that uh will gives like his kids where it's like okay we're gonna try our hand at original songwriting and i guess him and finn share a brain because he also says the same thing where he's like i don't think we're quite there yet like we need to talk about like like pain like all good songs come from pain and i'm like no what What about walking on sunshine that is a great song does not come from a place of pain but okay Let's just talk about how it's so embarrassing for Miss Rachel Berry 
to have been writing songs for weeks, weeks now, and all of them were so bad. And then Santana, she comes in. She obviously wrote Trouty Mouth as a joke, but it kind of slaps. freaking slaps. Dare I say, a banger. Poor Sam. He was very upset. But yes, it slaps. It was just like very kind of... I don't know, bluesy, mm-hmm. no, jazzy, I don't mm-hmm. know. But I was like, dang, I want to snap to this. And Naya, she has the range to sing she that genre. She does. Mm-hmm. Rachel Berry could never. She could not. And then we- Puck comes in and he's like, I wrote this song for Lauren. Again, very bluesy, kind of like, it's like rock, rock yeah. almost. Sounds very good. He's like... I know I hurt her feelings with this other song because it was about being fat. So I wrote her this one. It's still about being fat. It's like kind of cute concept, I guess. It's like, hey, stop talking about her being fat. It's because she has a great heart personality. But nope, he was just singing about her being fat again. (laughs) But anyway, she seemed to really enjoy it. So I'm glad she wasn't as upset as last time. (laughs) I feel like... Zeises in that moment was like, ah, damn, more fat phobia. But also, what a banger. Phobia has never sounded so good before. <laughs> and like, I, there were all like multiple shots where it would start with Will's face looking like, ugh. And then it would pan to Zeises literally like rocking out. And I was like, because it's a banger. I don't understand why you keep showing me this sequence of like this shot. What is it supposed to mean? What am I supposed to get from it? Why is Will upset? Again, so many unexplained facial expressions in this episode. Or like, if he really thought that it was an offensive song, wouldn't he just be like, okay, cutting it? I know. During Trouty Mouth, Sam got had to sit there and take it for like a long time. And then he was like, okay, stop. Like, I don't want to hear this song. And Will's like, yeah, Sam, you're right. Guys, let's not do this. I'm like, God, could you be any more useless? He is the most useless man in the history of male teachers. And the thing that makes me so angry about this is that it's like these kids are really trying to write. Okay, I don't know about Santana, but obviously Puck put in a lot of effort writing that song for Lauren for Mr. Shu to stand up and be like, "Mm, we're not there yet. I'm I'm not going to guide you anything, but I'm just going to say that we're not there yet. I know. And then, and then, to make matters worse, Mercedes comes in with an absolute banger. banger. It was so good. Banger. It was so good. And then, okay, if, again, if the theme of regionals is anthem. Check. Say it. That's an anthem. Jesus Christ. She literally, oh, like, okay. Out of all the original songs in this episode, the only two that I have in my playlist are Hell to the No and Loser Like Me. Because Hell to the No, god damn it, it's catchy. So good. And that's like, again, another spoiler. Again, getting ahead of myself. We'll get back to it. But at regionals, for some reason, this audience gives everything a standing ovation. And I'm like listening to Loser Like Me. Like, at what point were you like, yep, now it's time to stand up and clap. But if they had performed Hell to the No, I could totally see that response from the audience just saying it's like such okay you know like those songs where it's like yeah fuck you like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna be me Mm -hmm. 
It's like one of those songs. It's a bop. People are like, yeah, hell to the no, fam. It's like Loser Like Me and also has that sentiment, but it just doesn't but I feel do like the same hell things. to the no is more like a, like, I'm going to stomp my feet, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Loser Like Me is more like, oh, I could see this being played at a pep rally, and it's supposed to make me feel better about myself. Yeah. This is just, in general, the way that songwriting has been treated for the past few episodes. Like, I don't know shit about songwriting, but I think if I were a songwriter, I would probably be pretty annoyed. Like, what do they even... Like, how many songs do they write? So many. How can they write those songs in, like, one day? And (laughs) yeah, when they're, like... Will's like, oh, let's do our, like, writing process. He'll be like, okay, like, a seminar, or workshop, or whatever. Someone goes, sings a banger. He's like, nope, we're not there yet. Everyone, look at your rhyming dictionaries. And then, like, they're talking about all the things Sue did to them in whatever other workshop they're having. He's, like, writing random words on the board. He's like, dirt. Sticks. He doesn't explicitly say this, but then he's, like, writing these random words on the board during that, like, second workshop. Which, what, is that him being, like... Yup, guys, this is your real pain. This is what you have to talk about. Who is he to say? Okay, so he's writing words on the board. Dirt. Sticks. Loser. And then he goes, guys, I think we got our song. You look back at the board, it says, loser like me, and it's circled. And he goes, and now we just have to start writing. I'm like, what do you mean we just got our song? There's no song. You didn't even write the song. (laughs) And the... And the audacity, the audacity of this show to suggest that Rachel writes Get It Right, the rest of the Glee Club writes Loser Like Me, and they're all like, yeah, Rachel and Finn should sing this song. I'm sorry, but what? No fucking way. Especially the whole episode they spend just like voting against Rachel or the last two episodes. She's like, original songs? And everyone's like, no. That's just, like, so silly to me. In my mind, right, while, yes, I would say that Rachel is, in fact, part of the loser committee at William McKinley High Mm -hmm. School, Finn is not a loser. (laughs) He's literally quarterback. He literally spent the last three episodes talking about how after winning the, whatever, the championship game, he is on top of the world. So stupid. Don't have Finn sing this song. It is a lie. That's, wow. Great point. So true. They should have had like Artie and Tina or like Artie and Mercedes sing the song. Yeah, wait, are there any guys in the club that aren't on the football team besides Artie? Artie, oh, yeah. Artie is on the football team, I just realized. Awesome. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. Yeah, and then, like, to follow this, like, whatever, they gave the solos to Rachel and Finn. Apparently, when they get back from regionals, um, they vote Rachel MVP unanimously. No, oh, I no, refuse no. to believe it. No way in hell. They were like, let's make it a little more realistic. Rachel's like, Thank you. Can I say a few words? And Santana's like, well, I already regret voting for her. That doesn't fix it. I still don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Like, how are they going to all sit down and be like, I mean, she does deserve it. No, she doesn't. 
No, she doesn't. I'm sorry, but you're telling me that Rachel's get it right is better than hell to the no? Embarrassing. In an ideal world, right, they'd be like, okay, let's hear what the songs are. Everyone sings their songs, and everyone comes to a vote, and they're like, you know what? Sorry, Rachel. I know that that song comes from a place of hurt, and according to Finn and Mr. Shu, those are the only original songs that are valid, but hell to the no. It's so good. Great song. That is my ideal world. And I get it's too much to ask for. (laughs) Yeah. Someone might be like, oh, well, they they probably all voted for Rachel because they agreed, like, her idea for original songs, like, it was a great idea and they did win regionals, which, again, we can talk about that later. Don't know about <laughs> that one. But if they're like, yeah, it was because the original songs were her idea. But she couldn't even make the idea catch on. She said it how many times and got shot down repeatedly. Quinn said it once and then everyone was on board. So that wouldn't even hold. Yeah. I do think that that Rachel MVP scene was so stupid, but the Kurt and Blaine bearing Pavarotti was a little distasteful. Not good. Freaking Pavarotti is just disrespected left and right in this episode. And also, let me just say, let's add this conversation to the collection of conversations from this episode that made absolutely no sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) I just remembered the conversation and it made me giggle because it's it's so crazy. Ridiculous. So post, speaking of ridiculous post-regionals happenings, Kurt and Blaine are burying Pavarotti. First of all, the cinematography in this scene, ridiculous. There's this weird, like, completely aerial shot. Everything is so up close. The background, very blurred. You can't see anything. There's a shot of their hands. It's way too close. Anyway, they're burying Pavarotti. And Blaine says, reminds you of your mom's funeral, doesn't it? Ugh! Which is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. I didn't even think he could get more disrespectful in this episode, but he absolutely did. (laughs) And then you know what Kurt responds with? He's like, yes, but not what I'm sad about. I'm sad that we lost regionals. No. (laughs) Who would write that line? Who would write that and say, yes, this is what I want to write? And then... Blaine responds to that by saying, well, we did win. We won each other. No. (laughs) Not good. It's so embarrassing. Oh, my my God. You stupid idiots ruined your set list. You had a banger from Maroon 5, but Blaine had a little crush on Kurt because he sang to a dead bird and was like, duet time then they sing this terrible song again we'll get to it they lost at regionals and then he's like well we won (laughs) especially knowing that later the both of them transfer to mckinley and leave the rest of the warblers behind at dalton i'm like please please sir don't do this to me it's a little silly that Okay, in my mind, if this were, like, a real-world scenario and Blaine was like, reminds you of your mom's funeral, doesn't it? Me as Kurt, I'd be like, what the fuck? No, why would you say that? 
so I'd be like um sure yeah but like not really what I'm sad about um actually I was sad about this but go off I guess yeah but I do think the sentiment of Kurt being like yeah I did want to win though pretty genuine they could have just left it at that it's fine yeah oh my god oh my god and the fact that this is how they get together I'm like you smug assholes. Don't say that. If I were a warbler, I'd be like, fuck you, Blaine. Yep. Like, I wanted to win. Yeah. I'm a senior. This is my last chance. But don't worry. The council loves Blaine, their junior member, Warbler Blaine. Ugh. In this series, by the way, Blaine is referred to as Blaine Warbler, right before Leah Michelle kisses him, and also as Warbler Blaine by the council. Yeah, is it like, you know how sometimes they're like, oh, hey there, comrade. Is it like, hey there, warbler. (laughs) What the? (laughs) Okay, that's enough about that. It's time to get into the juice. The juice. God, the freaking regionals. How many episodes have they been talking about building their set list for regionals? Practicing numbers for regionals. For this? Last week, Will was like, regionals is a week away. This week, he's like, time to start writing our songs. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Also, the amount of time we had to wait in this stupid episode for the regionals part to actually begin. Too long. It felt like an eternity. And then, okay, the judges that they introduce, it's like some politician. I think she's played by Kathy Griffin. A nun who used to be a stripper. And then the newscaster who went out with Sue Sylvester. And we know that Sue is there. She's the coach of oral intensity. And I guess... In her mind, she was like, I know that the theme of regionals is to sing an anthem, but one of the judges is a nun, so we're going to sing Jesus is a Friend of Mine. Yes. Which, okay, I know that I just said that, and it's me taking a dig at oral intensity, but god damn it, their dancing was great! The singing was great! How did New Directions yes. win? Yeah, no, it already, New Directions should be out of the running. Like, Arlen Intensity, you did a great job. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, like, pretty ridiculous. It's, like, fine. Whatever. Like, because I believe Sue would do that. It's, like, pretty funny. It's, like, enough of a caricature that I'm, like, lol, okay. We're just, like, having fun now. They sounded good. It was kind of a weird song. The thing is, actually, the reason I'm not so quick to be, like, yeah, that song was freaking weird is because there's a shot of... Leah Michelle being like, what are they singing? And I'm like, it's fine. They can sing whatever they want. And then like Mercedes is sitting there like smiling, like grinning widely. And I'm like, okay, we get it. Mercedes loves Christianity. I don't know. (laughs) But um, I think it's pretty funny. I also thought it was so funny at the end of their choreography when they make a star of David with their arms. (laughs) That is so funny. But yeah, okay, so that's that's the first team to go, Oral Intensity. Mm-hmm. Oh, the second team is the Warblers and... That duet, man. Candles! <laughs> Not good. Dude, it was so bad. Once it hit the chorus, I was like, okay, okay, this is fine. But that first verse really hurt. It hurt because... <laughs> Kurt sings in, like, this kind of falsetto thing, yeah. you know, when he sings without showing his teeth. Mm-hmm. And then Blaine definitely has more of, like, an oomph to his voice. Mm-hmm. 
So when Kurt was singing, I was like, okay. And then Blaine sings, and I was like, better, but not good. And then they both start singing together, and I was like, well, this is weird. Like, the song itself is quite boring, and, like, I think it's not a good song choice for the singers. And the arrangement is also, like, really lackluster. Like, the part where they're both singing at the same time is, like... I'm pretty sure they're just singing in unison, which I'm like, what's the point? And their voices don't sound like they blend that well. And it's just all around weird. And I can't not think about the opportunity cost of that Maroon 5 number, which, though confusing, was an absolute banger. It was good. And I'm like, Kurt, I understand Kurt's like frustration of like, ugh, like I don't like top 40 music. We're always singing top 40 music. Blaine, you're always singing top 40 music. That's a completely understandable frustration. But I feel like the Warbler's strength is being like charming, like heartthrobs, and top 40 music totally makes sense there. Like boppy, like energetic. They're all like pretty good dancers, you know? And so then like this sudden switch to this song, it's like objectively a bad choice for the Warblers. It's like confusing. And it doesn't play to their strengths, you know? It kind of, like, cancels their strengths out, which I think yes. makes it extra painful, knowing what it could have been. Actually, Especially, you know what? We see Raise Your Glass right after, and that's totally what the first number could have been, too. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this as you were talking about it, and I think that, like, when you go to watch these show choir competitions, because fun fact, I was in Glee in middle school, it's just, like not fun you know all the parents are there and they're probably like well fuck i don't want to be here but my kids in this and if i have to sit through bad numbers that just makes it worse like at least just put us out of our misery and play crowd pleaser songs like that maroon five song and like raise a glass you know yeah and even if you were to sing original songs like new directions does don't bore me with some sappy ballad about teen love sing me hell to the no that's yes. a bop. Nobody cares about your specific story, Rachel. They just want to, you know, have a reason to bop around. sway in their seats just a little. Ooh, yeah. Dude, the Ooh, fact that during Candles, month. it pans to the audience after being focused on Kurt and Blaine so long, and suddenly everyone has these light-up candles and they're just waving That's it. That's shocking. I was like, no way in hell. <laughs> just no way. Oh, it's shocking. Nope. Mm-mm. nope and then the contrast because after they finish candles which so bad how like blaine's like no 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 don't give me the applause give it to kurt i know i'm like okay we get it you're not selfish today oh no you're gonna sing a solo okay yeah and then you start singing raise your glass which i'm it's a good song um but like Literally, he's not even to the chorus yet, and people are just jumping out of their seats. Just why? It's so not necessary. It's so unbelievable. I'm sorry. No way would I ever go to one of these show choir conversations and ever feel the need to get out of my seat. Yep. It's not a concert. It's not a concert. Um, and also, also the choreo was a little weird. The yeah. Warbler's choreo. But also, Derek Chris, his facial expressions oh, and the God. way he would move his body. I was like, sorry, Darren, but it's a no from me. Yeah, not today. This one, it's a miss. And then there was the New Directions. 
We kind of already said all the things, but let's just say them again. We really Rachel's, need to listen to her lyrics. Rachel's song. First of all, there's one person listening to it. It's Finn. And he's like giving her his stupid crooked smile. I'm like, you don't <laughs> care about this. Not the crooked grin. <laughs> and Rachel's singing way overacting as per usual. The camera is spinning out of control. Like she gives this really long look to will they hold eye contact for like five full seconds before she starts singing it's all a very weird situation the poor audience has to listen to the song that nobody knows because rachel berry literally wrote it by herself um yeah it's pretty stupid the lyrics also okay there's this like one part i think it's the bridge she's like so I'm going to throw up a fist, throw a punch in the air, and realize that, like, sometimes life isn't fair. I'm like, what are you singing about? The fact that you and Finn aren't together? Well, girl, remember, you're the one who cheated on him. Oh, no, life's not fair when I hurt the people around me and then tell them that they need to take me back right now. And then after that, she's saying something where it's like, oh, and, like, finally like someone will see how much i care and i'm like girl we know how much you care we don't want it it's too much Finn's like girl you cheated on me i'm not gonna forgive you just like accept it i know dude speaking of her caring too much i assume that's why they let her get the stupid trophy because they were like i don't want this this is stupid like whatever let's just give it to rachel and she had to give a stupid speech yep oh and then tina and Heather, what's her? Brittany. <laughs> Tina and Brittany come in for five seconds to snap in the background. I don't really get that part. Mm. And then Loser Like Me starts. It's kind of good, but why would they ever let Rachel sing the song? Yep, nope, doesn't make sense. I do think that the lyrics are kind of catchy. You wanna be loser like me. But let me just say, I already told Claire this before we started watching the show, and I was, like, so thankful that they didn't include the full version. Because if you (laughs) listen to the full-length song on Spotify, there is a bridge where they kind of break it down, right? And they're like, like, you can throw your sticks, you can throw your stones, watch, like a rocket, just watch me go, yeah, L-O-S-E-R, I can only be who I are. Who wrote that? It would be so easy to just say, we can only be who we are. Wow, so easy. But no. Is it because they're quirky? I don't know. It was a stupid choice. Stupid. Just don't include it. Like, why would they write that into the song? They're like, we can only do this. So we must. No, no, no disappointed but not surprised if you watch the glee 3d movie you'll get to hear the song in its full length Hmm. i do like the effect of that like slushy confetti except i don't know where they got the money for that prop i don't know where they got the money for that prop i don't know if anyone else understands that reference because maybe it's not the same at their schools but for the purposes of the tv show I really enjoyed it. You know how I'm always saying, like, writers, you don't need to explain it. You don't need to explain to us how they got this prop machine. That's perfect for me. They had this prop machine. They did something fun for me, the viewer of Glee. 
the people in the audience are obviously robots too because they stand up at every single number so it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of funny I will say the best part of regionals to me or any of the competitions is when it shows the stupid judges room like first of all all the characters in there are pretty offensive and it kind of made me uncomfortable like why was the black woman a stripper and she's now this like weird nun who's like oh i'm a nun but i'm loose or something i don't know it's kind of weird and like this white woman who like for some reason has to be like alt right and like spewing all these like weird homophobic whatever things in the and then rod who like thinks he's all that because he's like a man or something he's like oh lady soup or something whatever they're all offensive but it's pretty satisfying to see that like they the kids work all semester all year whatever on their stupid little songs rachel cares way too much and that's what's happening in the judges room they're like waiting on stage like i hope we win i hope we win and the conversation was like not even about them in the judges room Mm -hmm. i think that's so funny i'm thinking back to season one about how at regionals it was like kind of a serious moment, you know, because Sue mm-hmm. conned her way into being one of the judges and they're all like, ah, New Direction sucked. And mm-hmm. Sue's like, well, they're just like kids. And she ends up voting for them. Mm-hmm. But like, there's like, there is no need for us to want to root for the New Directions when frankly, they don't deserve to win. Yep. Like, I'm sorry, Sue. I get that, like, you have a heart. But, like, if I had to listen to kids perform only Journey songs, I would want to kill myself. That's, like, compelling because she knows them personally. And, like, you're like, oh, I guess I had Sue wrong this whole time. And, like, no one ever figures out what she did. And they always, like, keep, like, blaming her for losing and stuff. So I thought that was fine. But in this episode, this season, no stakes. Just no for fun. No stakes at all. It's also, funny because I think that that scene in season one is super dramatic right but like yeah. if you think about how the judges are just like that like all the time yeah. to them they just need to be like ah let's get this over with yeah ah. also we were kind of missing some of the captions in this episode so it was like pause <laughs> yeah. and just be like paused for no reason don't know what the captions were it was kind of funny i think it was just them like introducing their name and occupation yeah. again but yeah. it was just like oops, frozen freeze frame <laughs> <laughs> yeah that being said i didn't think it was that funny when like the announcer also didn't care like it wasn't that she was like apathetic really she was just kind of like my husband's abusive and then she like gives no suspense when reading the name and it kind of ruined the moment like i i still want the kids to like believe in their stupid little magic of regionals whatever it is but she was like let's read who won the new directions and then they're like, yay! And I didn't feel any emotion in my stone-cold chest. Nothing. Also, probably because they didn't deserve to win. Yeah, they didn't deserve to win. The fact that the Warblers and Oral Intensity had to just, like, watch sadly as, like, they get their trophy. Stupid. Anyways. Okay. I would like to... Okay, first, 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 first. If that's the end of the episode, we basically talked about everything. Mm-hmm. Best song, worst song, but only talking about the original song. Okay. Um, best song, only child. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> best song, hell to the no. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Worst song, like, does only child even count? No, I don't think we should count it. 
Then, wait, only the original songs. Yes. Loser Like Me. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. I think, yes, Hell to the No was the best original song. I think in terms of, like, memorability, I don't know, like, songs that I just, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a bop. I think Worst Song is Get It Right. It's just so... Oh, my God, I forgot about Get It Right. What? Worst Song is Get It Right. <laughs> you forgot about it? We were Not just talking memorable. about it. That is so funny. Um, and then, okay, if we were to expand it to all of the songs, Sorry, Kurt and Blaine, Worst Song is Obviously Candles. 100%. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> Okay. Even worse than Jesus is a friend of mine. Yeah. Which was put in as a joke? Question yeah. Mark? It definitely was supposed to be a joke. Now for MVP. Instead of choosing this episode's MVP, let's vote as if we were the Glee Club and we had to choose an MVP for regionals. Um, Lauren's Icy is because if she weren't there, they couldn't compete. Uh, that that makes sense. <laughs> I think um, I'd be like, MVP thank you, Lauren. Should be Tina Cohen Chang. Because in this episode, she helps Santana write Trouty Mouth without getting to sing it. So true. She also gets to sway in the background for Rachel's number, which, why? And then also, she makes all of the costumes. That's a lot of costumes. Indeed. That's it. I think next week we're watching A Night of Neglect, and it's like, who cares we also thank god that you made the mvp like that i was stressing out this whole time who i could possibly choose as mvp (laughs) (laughs) um also speaking of zeissi's special shout out why was zeissi the only one wearing sleeves again Mm, we know why i i i like to think maybe it's because the actress was like you know i don't really feel comfortable i hope so but i maybe doubt it well i don't know (sighs) okay anyways that's it for this week